0: This is the my weight what to know podcast where we talk to medical experts about the latest research on weight management and how you can apply it to reaching your best weight we're going to talk with weight management expert dr saima khan about chronic pain how to manage it and how weight loss can help dr khan thank you so much for being here with us tonight
1: Thank you, Nancy. it's a great pleasure.
0: So we are talking tonight about the connection between obesity or excess weight and chronic pain. So let's start by defining the term chronic pain. When you use that term, what do you mean?
1: So NC chronic is something that lasts longer. So, uh, you know, people use this word like acute or chronic. So acute is something that does not last more than three months. And chronic is something that lasts or lingers on uh, more than three months. And some experts also say that, that it can linger on more than six months. But most of the people would, um, would say, most experts would say that anything that lingers on more than six months, it's chronic.
0: What's the connection between chronic pain and obesity? Are people with obesity more at risk for chronic pain? And if so, why?
1: Previously, we used to, you know, um, think about like there's an indirect connection, but a lot of research supports this idea that people who suffer from obesity, they have more, they're at risk of developing into chronic pain and vice versa. People who have chronic pain, they have more chances or more risk to, to gain weight. In either way, um, uh, both influences, so they have a, a very direct relationship with each other. So if uh, if I give you an example, people who suffer from uh, weight issues, they have more tendency of developing back pain or knee pain, right? And people who have uh, um, chronic pain, they would have uh, more chance of developing into more w- weight just because of the mobility issues, stress hormones issues, and things like that. So they are... Uh, very much interconnected,
0: so what I hear you saying is if we if we have obesity, we're more at risk for chronic pain, and that experiencing chronic pain makes us more at risk for obesity. That sounds like kind of a vicious cycle. What can we do about it?
1: You know. It's, 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 it's tough. It's very difficult because, uh, and that's why um, um, previously, like seven, eight years ago, we didn't had anything to offer to our patient except to tell them, you know, eat less and move more and kind of are doing a lot of like blame talk and, you know, blaming it on patients. But now I think we, uh, we are so blessed that we have so many things under our tool belt that we can offer our patients where it can break the cycle. But the first message that I want to make sure that everyone understand that we are dealing with something that is chronic, right? So chronic diseases are those diseases where there's no cure of a root cause. Um, you know, like I see, for example, if you get a strep throat, I give you an antibiotic. So I do, you know, treat the root cause. But when it comes to chronic pain or, or chronic obesity, we're actually not dealing with the root cause here. So. So anytime we are offering something, we are just doing a plaster work. We're just managing, right? So that's why it's become so hard. So I think the first step is to make sure that whatever is working for you, keep doing it. Because if you stop it, then what will happen? We'll come back.
0: So I, I think a lot of people with obesity have been told by their doctor, well, you know, if you're experiencing chronic pain, it's your fault, you just need to lose weight. If someone's hearing that from their doctor, what do you want them to know?
1: You know honestly, I was I was one of them to be honest. I mean, I have and I have to apologize to all my patients that was our attitude because we were trained in that way. So as you know that I do uh, focus into chronic intervention pain. And the reason that I came into obesity medicine is that because I was saying to my patient, Hey, lose weight. You know, you, you want your back pain to be better. You want your knee pain to be better. You want your heel pain to be better. Lose weight. But it was so hard for them to lose weight. And when I'm telling them, um, um, I was helping them for pain, but I was not helping, motivating them. Um, so that's why, um, you know, I get uh, really interested into it. And I think now we have. So much better tools to offer to our patients um, that that we can help them. So it's not only just moving less or uh, you know, moving more or eating less, we can now offer medical treatment. So my my biggest message to all my pain patients and obese patients: there is help available. And if your past experience with your physicians is not good, please forgive them. Move on because they don't know it because it is something new.
0: So the the field is changing, and it's you know having the conversation now. You'll have a different result than perhaps you've had in the past.
1: Exactly, and and see every. I would say past seven years, we know so much about weight, like like a research-based scientific um, that. I personally think that we have so much to offer to our patient, more than just saying that, you know, here's a diet plan or go
0: join a gym. Dr. Khan, we asked people in our Facebook group what questions they had for a specialist about chronic pain, and I have several of them here. Teresa asked, what's the process for pain management? For example, do you start with over-the-counter medication followed by prescription medication? And then what do you do if that doesn't work? How do you start working with your patients who are experiencing chronic pain?
1: So I think the first we want to make sure that it's not acute versus chronic, and we 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 should know what causes it. So as a physician, I would like to know whether am I dealing with a chronic primary pain where there's no source, or there's a chronic secondary, uh, you know, phase. And of course, you start with what we call in our language multimodal treatment. So there is no um, there's no one recipe. There's no one treatment. Um, you know, I just tell my patient, like, I am like a waiter to you. So you come to my restaurant and I am giving a menu of services. You know, so I have medications, I have interventions, I have, you know, my other colleagues, like a lighthead professional, massage, cryo, physio, and even small things like postures, vitamins, meditation, anything and everything that works for you, keep doing it. The key thing, Anthony, is that. We are not dealing with the root cause, as I told you. So anything that works for you, keep doing it. So yes, there are you know steps. Um, so you start with medication. If that's not working, you go to the second and third. But you just don't. You're not fixated on one. You want to try all the things, appetizers to desserts to entrees and whatever works, and you can order it in whatever sequence you want.
0: So what I hear you saying is you're almost treatment agnostic. You're going to offer someone prescriptions. You're going to offer them, as you said, allied healthcare professionals, whether it's massage or um, cryotherapy. You're really open to exploring whatever may make a difference. That's what you're going to have your patients continue with if it's helping.
1: And see, it's not me. It, this is the current guideline. So chronic pain is something that you offer everything up front. You offer a multimodal treatment. And, you know, like some of our psychologists that I want to try this to see if it works for me or if it don't, then I'm going to the, to go to the next uh, level. I tell my patients, poor you guys, you are suffering for it for a long time. Do you re- it, Does it really matter what works, what doesn't? Try everything, whatever you have in your approach and see what works because right now what we are dealing with is the functionality issue. So the things that can improve your functions, even though your pain is still there because it's chronic pain, it might go a little bit less, but functionality, uh, sleep, mood, enjoyment in life, ambulation, if that works, do whatever it, it is. Even sitting straight works for you Keep doing it. This is a treatment to your condition.
0: So you said something earlier. You said if it's pain and we're not sure what the source is. And I'm curious to hear you talk a little bit more about that. So if I hurt my shoulder, for example, and I I did it playing tennis, I know what the cause of that is, but that still might be chronic. Would you treat me differently than you would someone who perhaps they have back pain and they don't know where it came from?
1: Exactly. So again, the definition. So if you hurt your shoulder, we know the culprit, what's causing it. So ideally, any chronic, any acute pain should be better by three months of time. But if it's developing into more than six months, that means either the source is not cured or the source has changed into the chronic pain. So what does chronic mean? It changed the pathophysiology, how the nerve conduction is and how the brain is perceiving the signals. So even though the source is there, but it has changed the way the brain is receiving the signals. So ANSI, there is something we use a lot in our chronic pain world. This is a phenomena that is called a central sensitization so central sensitization is something that that there's a part of the brain that captures all the pain signals and this is the area that's called motor cortex so when the signal goes to that cortex every time pinging it you know when somebody just rings the bell bell, bell and doesn't stop you know the, the the that part of the brain gets really upset hey you know you are disturbing me all the time all the time all the time and that area is hurting so what that part does and it just makes it like it's 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 get it's, it's it's really get angry and it sends a signal that i'm gonna make you hurt everywhere poof right so everything around that shoulder would get sensitized so not only that particular area will hurt this all area will hurt the whole arm will hurt because of the phenomena of central sensitization and that's why i tell my patients be aggressive in treating your acute pain so it does not get into the chronic pain stage
0: so henriette and our group asked i would like to know how successful prp is in the treatment of achilles tendon heel pain i'm told by my endocrinologist i need to keep moving but when each step hurts it's not easy that's really mm-hmm. tough what would you say to henriette
1: I think, Henry, that's a great question. That means you're doing your homework. Um, I think there there's two things. First, so heel pain can be due to Achilles tendon or heel pain can be due to plantar fasciitis. So that is important to know what is the source of the heel pain because we have a different, I would say, research on it. So PRP does give significant good results for heel pain due to plantar fasciitis, but I don't think so we have enough evidence with the heel pain due to Achilles tendon. Right? But again, if it works for you, who cares about the research, right? So, but I think if you can afford it, try it out because we know how PRP works and how it helps, um, you know, building up the tendons. But as such, research for the killing tendons, we don't have much um, good evidence for that.
0: So, Andrea says, I would like to know how often stress or anxiety is found to be the cause of chronic long term pain. Great question from Andrea.
1: Andrea, thank you for asking. So in our pain world, we call it a triad. So triad means that you have chronic pain, mood problem, anxiety and depression and sleep. And now in the middle, you put obesity. So so, so they are interrelated. And it's not that it's unidirection. It can be bi Anything can take off anything. So I would say that they are very much directly and indirectly related with each other anxiety can provoke pain pain can provoke anxiety it's a vicious cycle unfortunately and believe me all these four conditions that i mentioned they are chronic
0: so does um seeking help either prescription medication for mood disorders or you know talk therapy cbt do you recommend those as well as part of someone's chronic pain treatment
1: Definitely. So in multimodal treatment, the two things that I tell my patients and I do work with their sleep and I also work with their pain and and with their mood. Um, There's a lot of like um, chronic based, you know, mindful based meditation for chronic based. There's a lot of workshops that your local municipality or other peoples can offer you. The main thing with any chronic disease, NC, is, is acceptance and acknowledgement. The more you're accepting to a condition, the more help you can seek. And that is where the key thing lies, asking for help. Because, you know, we don't want to disturb our loved ones. We don't want to go for help. Plus, we don't know if the help exists. And believe me, my dear, help is there.
0: That is really good news for our audience to hear. So if you're experiencing chronic pain, there are lots of resources out there that can really make a big difference. Speaking of those resources, Peggy asks, how to help the pain without so many drugs? Tell us um, what the options are for treating pain without necessarily relying exclusively on medication.
1: Great question, Peggy. And 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 that's what we really don't wanna push in chronic pain patients is medication. So again, you have lots of things in your menu. So we call it like non-med approach or non-pharmacological approach. I think the first thing is, is the first message to all my pain patients is that whatever your weight is, just maintain your weight. This is the key thing. So thinking about weight loss, I think it's an unrealistic goal. So whatever the life stage you are at and you develop a chronic pain, see what your weight is and, and. So weight maintenance is the key thing because it will not aggravate subsequent cycle. The second thing is any small thing that helps, um, you know, making sure that you are nutritionally equipped. Your vitamin D, B12, your thyroid. Um, are you taking enough um, um, supplements? Are you uh, nutritionally deficient, or are, are your levels are optimal? So this is something we want to discuss with your doctor. The other most important thing, because you know vitamin D deficiency and C is is one of the culprits for chronic pain and people who just get that treatment. Um, And I just want to uh, clarify that I am talking about treatment. So it's not the -the over-the-counter doses I'm talking about. So you get your vitamin D checked, you see if you're deficient, you get a treatment prescription and make sure your vitamin D level is adequate. And then you maintain through the -the over-the-counter supplement. So this is the key. People who would get numbness and tingling, uh, B12, B6 deficiency as a bit, making sure that's adequate. Uh, we know that uncontrolled thyroid disease also influences it. So making sure that aspect is correct. And the key thing for chronic pain is making sure that your core abdominal muscles and your back muscles are strong. And you don't have to invest a lot of you know money into it. People will say, you know, Dr. Khan, how many session I should have for physio? I said. You don't need to put any in. You just go learn one session and keep doing it, right? Because maintenance is the key.
0: So doing those exercises you learn from the physio on a consistent basis is way more important than having 20 sessions with the physio.
1: Exactly. So, NC so you tell me, if somebody works on biceps, how long does it take for a bicep to build? Six weeks, right? But how much time do you have to invest into maintenance? If you Forever. don't maintain it, what will happen? Exactly. So when you build an abdominal muscle, what do you need to do? Just leave it? You got to maintain it. Exactly. So small goals, but consistency is the key.
0: Dr. Khan, let's talk a little bit about weight loss and how it can help with chronic pain.
1: You know, Ensley, I think previously we used to think that uh, it's easy, but, um, but it's not. But any little help can uh, can help. So it's just for example, we know that when a person gains weight, there's always a mechanical stress to the joints or um, or the weight uh, or, or the pain itself causes that. Let, 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 let's talk about the knee joint, for example. So the research has shown that if, if you are excess one pound, the knee will think that you are carrying by four, multiplied by, by four weight, right? So Right knee will think I'm carrying two pounds extra. The left knee will think I'm carrying two pound extra. So even if a person loses five pounds, that means five, 20 pounds. So ten. So the knee will thank you that you know that my weight is less. So even small changes can help. Even sitting straight and making your abdominal muscles tight, your spine will thank you because a normal curvature will, comes back, right? Heel pain, and NC, one of the um, new research that we got. I mean, we used to think that the weight just impacts the joints, right? Of course, it makes sense. There's a mechanical stress. We know we we know that even the headaches will get better with, with some weight loss, like migraine, chronic migraines. And you would say, how come? I mean, you know, is my f- uh, f- uh, you know my adipose tissue is affecting my, my head? But we know that something other than the mechanical stress is something that is common for both chronic obesity and chronic pain. It's a state of low pro-inflammatory markers. So there is a both of them. The research says that these are the conditions where there is a chronic low grade inflammation. So when you lose weight, we know that migraine, again, is a process of inflammation. So even with any headaches, chronic migraine, it helps that in fibromyalgia, weight loss would help.
0: Wow, so even losing a small amount of weight can make a big difference. I think when we talk about weight loss though, people immediately think of like eating less and moving more and I just need to have more willpower. But for many people, diet and exercise alone isn't enough to lose weight and keep it off. Talk about how the body and the brain works when it comes to weight loss and weight regain.
1: So there is something called as weight loss and there is something called as weight maintenance so the current guidelines and the current research is that we want to promote weight maintenance because and see we know that now it's a proven fact that the adult weight is determined by our genes right so whatever the adult weight around 24 25 years of age so our genes has has your eye color and your hair colors is determined by our genes, our adult weight is determined by our gene and it is controlled by our one of the brain organ, which is hypothalamus. So once it is determined, your body tends to determine it. So what if it would be nice and see you and me when we are 24, 25 and whatever is adult weight is, we determine we maintain this weight throughout our life, you know? So unfortunately if you get into divorces, the problem new learn our weight is increased five, six pounds, and if you bring it back to whatever the weight was, how nice it would be, right? So think about weight maintenance, folks, before you think about weight loss, because if your scale is already not stable, weight loss might not be a realistic goal. So just maintaining your scale and then think about weight loss, it would work.
0: So going beyond eating less and moving more, what are the other treatments that can be explored for kind of sustained weight loss and kind of that that maintenance phase as well?
1: What I was taught in med school is all about diet and exercise. That was it. Now we know these two things are only 20% of the reason of gain weight. 80% is not in our hands. But now we know more about this 80% so we can offer more. So this 80% is your genes, your genetics, your family makeup. And that determines something what we call as the appetite system. So humans have a very unique, very established appetite system, which is controlled by set of hormones, just like a blood pressure or a pulse or a fee, you know, body temperature is, is controlled. Same concept, the weight is determined by our genes. So whatever the genes you you got, and the body tries to maintain that weight. And when these maintenance hormones, so when I come, when when I'm talking about hormones, NC, I'm not talking about the reproductive hormones. I am talking about weight hormones. So in our body, there are two sets of weight hormones. The one that helps um, you know, maintains our metabolism, the ones that we eat does not make us hungry, and the other bad hormone is the one that causes hunger and m- slows down the metabolism. So, this sets of hormone, this maintains the, um, our weight, and the things that are in our lives, that causes the imbalance. So, imbalance can be caused by our genes, but it can be caused by, you know, by certain factors like sleep, stress, um, medication. So when this excess is disturbed, this is where the weight gain happens, and diet and exercise would not help. This is a hormonal problem.
0: So Dr. Khan, you're a physician who works every day with patients uh, to help them manage chronic pain and to help them reach a healthier weight. Why can working with a physician be so helpful for many people who haven't been successful on their own? I'm so happy
1: that, you know, people are really looking into that uh, because previously there was no help. So the reason that you really want to go and seek help, just like diabetes, would you manage your diabetes by yourself? I mean, would you manage a depression or blood pressure, cholesterol or heart disease by yourself? So my dear viewers, you need to think, and not you, we all need to think that the weight or the pain, these are invisible diseases. I mean, we, and this is a problem with in, invisible diseases that they're not shown in CT, they're not shown on blood pressure. But honestly, we believe you. It exists, and now the treatment is there. So just the way we treat diabetes or heart condition that, You need regular follow-up visits. There are medications. And along with that, there's a lifestyle. Same thing with these invisible diseases, that there is medication, there is surgery, there is lifestyle, and all of this will give you the best management possible.
0: Oh, great answer. Dr. Khan, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. This has been such a wonderful conversation.
1: Thank you, Anstey.
0: Take good care. Good night.